In this week's episode, I am chatting with Sarah Olsher of Mighty and Bright, and it is just a delightful and super inspiring conversation. She shares her story of how she helped her daughter through both experiences of a divorce and then when Sarah was diagnosed with breast cancer and how putting the focus on her daughter's experience and making things easier for everybody and especially her daughter really helped their family navigate these tough seasons. She has created a couple of calendars that help kids see and process what's going to happen when and feel safe in that experience and it's just She is amazing. She is so awesome. I know you're going to love her. So please enjoy. Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp. And each episode, I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community, because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hi, Sarah, and welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. Can you start by introducing yourself, who you're a mom to, all of the the basics? Sure. Um, so I'm Sarah and I have a 10 year old daughter and a 12 year old stepdaughter ish. Um, we're not married yet, but <laughs> okay. we all live together. So big blended family situation. Um, and yeah, that about sums it up for awesome. our little family. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So can you tell us a bit about what you do, how you serve the world, that type of thing? Absolutely. So my big thing is about showing kids what to expect um, Mm. and helping them through hard things because Mm -hmm. I've been through a lot of hard stuff in the last decade and my daughter has been along for the ride for the whole thing. Mm. And, you know, like I think at least for me and for most parents, when something really hard happens, you know, you can handle it, but you start to worry about your kids. And I felt like it started with a divorce when everybody kept saying, put the kids first, put the kids first. And then they Mm. don't tell you how to put the kids first. Mm. And then I went through cancer and the first thing and only thing I cared about was my daughter. And there was literally nothing out there to help me help her. So I made that my mission to help families through hard things because all we really care about is our kids. Amazing. Okay. I want to, I want to open that up a little bit. Um, because you just said a whole bunch of hard stuff. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So can you, can you take us back to how you kind of, how this all kind of started for you? I mean, I assume that would be the divorce obviously, but how old was your daughter? She was actually a year and a half old. Um, and yeah, it was so hard. And actually part of the reason why I was like, this is not working anymore was that she was having terrible anxiety Mm. and, I was like, our house was just like, my ex-husband was so angry and I, and it just like, wasn't working Mm -hmm. anymore. And I, I knew like, again, I could put up with this, but I was not going to ask her to. And Mm -hmm. so, 
um, we mm. separated and then came my trying to help her with her anxiety. And so I took a two-year-old to a therapist Wow! and that is how all of this started is basically I worked with this therapist who really gave me a great set of skills for helping my daughter. And I became fascinated with child's development and, you know, how kids learn because it's really different than how adults learn. And I have a background in psychology, but I hadn't studied child development. And I think mm. if I had known how fascinating these little people are, like that would have <laughs> been my specialty. Um, so yeah, so I learned basically how to help her was a lot of validating her experience. And, you know, kids learn visually. So I created a like a basically a calendar with illustrations of um me and her and her and her dad. And then oh. each, each day would show when she was going to be with each of us because she was just really having a hard time grasping. Like well, so little too. On. So little. Even and like days things. of the week are hard to grasp. Like that's, yeah. you're still learning that stuff back <laughs> exactly. then. Right? Exactly. And so a lot of that was like, well, how do I explain this to her? And we ended up coming up with a way of saying like, it's two sleeps until yeah, yeah. You, you see daddy. And like, then the calendar kind of had, you know, the days of the week split up. So you could be like, this is a sleep and this is a sleep and this yeah. is a sleep. And, and it, I couldn't believe how much it helped her just mm -hmm. to be prepared and understand and see visually what was going on. So yeah. that was the start of my business, which is mighty and bright. And I basically was like, how is nothing like this out here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like this is a really important thing. And so I started that when she was like three or four, I basically just created a website and threw it up there and it took off. I mean, it's really has helped hundreds and hundreds of kids. And I love getting the emails from people that are like, I can't believe how much easier this made my divorce on my kids. And it's targeted yeah. specifically to families that are going through divorce. Yeah, that was how it started. Okay. Um, that was how it started. And then <laughs> when my daughter was seven, uh, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Okay. And I remember my mom lives in Oregon and I live in California. And she, I don't know what she did. She drove really, really fast. It was <laughs> like, she practically flew here. I mean, it felt like I was diagnosed and she was there in like five minutes. And I just remember saying to her, like, I do not want this to be harder than my divorce because my mm. divorce was so hard, mm. so hard. And it already was way worse <laughs> oh. because I was like laying on this table you know, in a radiologist's office. And he's saying to me, like, what you have can be nothing other than cancer. And I'm thinking, what about my kid? Yeah, like, I am a single mom. What am I going to do? Like, what if I die? Like, I like she's already dealt with so much anxiety. Like I'm yeah. her person. Yeah. You know, it was horrible. God. And then and then they hand you this like booklet and it's like a woman's guide to breast mm, cancer. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking through it and there's nothing in there for parenting. Oh, and I'm wow. like, oh my gosh. Like, I know that a lot of cancer patients are older, but what the hell? But so many aren't. It was just as an yeah. insert here, part of my background is I 
was in marketing and communications for the Canadian Breast Cancer Foundation. It's an organization in name that doesn't exist anymore. It's it's combined with somebody else. But um, so the breast cancer story is very near and dear to my heart. Thankfully, we haven't been through it personally, but I am right there with you understanding, but I don't even think that we had anything out there for parents now that I think about it. There so- really was nothing. And when I, w- when I got home and I Googled it, it was like cancer.org came up and it was very like vague. Like, how do you have this conversation with your kids? Mm. And I was like, okay, like, (laughs) thanks. And this doesn't work for me. I just, I'm a very, like what I learned during all of my experience building my business was how to talk to kids about hard Mm -hmm. things and how you really need to be honest with them in an age appropriate way, obviously, but really explain to them what it is that's happening and how it's actually going to affect their day-to-day life. And there was nothing nothing like that in any of the like here's how you talk to kids about cancer you know guys well and it's not one conversation where you announce no. mommy's got cancer it's actually every conversation after that that Absolutely. you have oh my gosh yeah. yeah and and there was nothing and so i thought you know like many parents who are dealing with something i like looked for books and like 6 books later i was still not happy with what oh. i found because nothing actually explained what the science of cancer is and so i mm. kind of came up with my own way of explaining it to her you know i told her how the body is built of all of these different cells and they're basically like legos and yeah. that they can make their own building blocks so it's like you can build like forever except sometimes the cell gets broken and then it doesn't know what to do except make more of the broken ones yeah right and so then you just end up with this little clump of guys that aren't doing their jobs and you have to take them out or kill them or get rid of them somehow because they're making it hard for the other body parts to do their jobs yeah that's such a good way to explain it yeah and it also served as a really good basis for future conversations Mm -hmm. because Unfortunately, they thought that my cancer was really early stage and all I was going to have to do was surgery. Um, But then when I woke up, they found it had spread to my lymph nodes. And so then I had to have chemo and radiation and it went from like a, you know, two month long thing to a year and a half. Yeah. So I was able to say, you know, instead of just a couple broken guys, they actually found like they, you know, packed up their stuff, got in a car and were like driving somewhere else. And so there's a lot more of them and we have to, we have to yeah. kill them all. Yeah. Um, so during my treatment, I thought like, I couldn't do my job anymore. Um, I had a day job. And so I went out on disability. Thank God for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that I basically helped myself motivated through this was I was writing and illustrating a kid's book about cancer. Oh, amazing. So I took that way of explaining cancer to my daughter. And then I turned it into a book using all of that knowledge that I had about how to explain cancer and, you know, how to explain hard things in general. Well, and giving Um, the tool to people that you couldn't find. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the other thing that we learned through the treatment was just how chaotic our lives were becoming because like my mom basically moved in with us. Thank God my, my poor dad, he was left to take (laughs) care of the dog and (laughs) and the Um, And my boyfriend, who I had only been dating for like eight months, moved in. Oh, wow. Um, And they were taking her to school and, you know, different people were bringing us dinners and, 
you know, it was just really hard to keep track of everything that was going on. And I just kept thinking like, how do I make this easier for her? Because it's like, it felt crazy. Um, and so I basically was talking to a therapist that I had found through my cancer support center. And she was like, you already have the answer. You just make it into a calendar. And I was like, how did I not think of mm-hmm. <laughs> And so then I made it into a calendar and it became just like a lifeline, you know? And yeah. And it's, it's, was interesting to me too, because my daughter like had outgrown the custody calendar when she was, I mean, it took like probably four or five years for her to outgrow it. So it really took like, she used it for a really long time, but she had outgrown it. And it was amazing to me to see that, you know, a second grader and a third grader, you know, she really benefited from it still. Um, So what did the new calendar have on it? So the new calendar, the first thing that I added was basically like a little strip at the top and the bottom of it, one for school drop-off and one for school pickup where you could write in, you know, using a a dry erase marker, like who's doing it. So then she would know, like, nobody's going to forget me. (laughs) Right. Uh, Because that was like one of her biggest worries. Um, and then I also included buttons, uh, for like how I might be feeling because with chemo, it became kind of predictable where I would know I would have certain hard days and some days would be easier. And then, but the real kicker for me was I was so tired. I couldn't come up with ideas for how we could like connect with each other. Like activities exhausted me. I was very different. Like I used to run around playing tag on the playground with her. And now it was like on my bad days of chemo, like I was getting passed up by old men and walkers. Like it was. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I created like 15 little buttons with little activities that were really low key. And then we would set a timer for 15 minutes. So she'd choose whatever she wanted to do and plan it out. And then we would do like you know, a board game or, you know, on the good days that we would take a walk or we would do, you know, whatever she wanted to do. So that gave her some control and something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And it didn't overwhelm me. I didn't have to do any thinking because I think the thing that surprised me the most about chemo was how like mentally exhausting it was. Like in addition to being like physically tired, Mm -hmm. I also was just like, just spent like I could not come up with any ideas <laughs> fair totally fair yeah oh my gosh well I I admire you so much I mean you get a diagnosis like that you're going through a divorce any of those hard seasons you're dealing with your own stuff mm-hmm. but to to turn and make so much of your focus and I mean as moms we do this but mm-hmm it's such a personal thing you're going through, right? Like you are going through it. And so to make it about your daughter and what she needs in that moment is just, I think part of that was like, you know, you're, you're, it's life threatening. It's Mm -hmm. like, I could literally die from this. And I wasn't, I wanted to have a purpose. And yeah. this gave me a purpose. And Absolutely. I, I really have gone through like so many seasons where I have felt guilty for putting my daughter through things. And when um, I am talking to other, you know, 
young young parents who have kids they're like I hate that I'm doing this to my family and it's really like a switch you have to put on Mm -hmm. and it's like a turn turn your viewpoint and say like I am not doing this to them cancer is doing this to all of us Mm -hmm. and like we're not choosing divorce we're not choosing this pandemic whatever it is that we're going through is something that's happening to all of us And we can like load guilt on top of it. And we can say to ourselves, like, I'm not doing a good enough job. But the thing is like, it's, it actually really doesn't take that much to, for our kids to be okay. Yeah. And like to relieve our guilt about it. It's like, I'm all about making life easy because when something really hard is happening, like you don't have the, you know, you don't have the resources emotionally to come yeah. up with this and like read this whole book about like, you know, how to be a good parent during divorce. It's like, I can't even read a paragraph of this without yeah. like feeling horrible or falling asleep. <laughs> totally. Well, and I just, I think not only do you have not the capacity to, to read a book about it, but also just we're already going through at that point, you're already going through such a hard time guilt isn't going to make it better. Mm-mm. Right. It makes so, it worse. Well, that's it. It makes it, it so you. much worse. And yeah. it's, it's not something you have to your point is have chosen. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. People choose divorce fair, but there's a reason it's Absolutely. not like one day you wake up and be like, I think I'm going to leave my marriage. Like it's just right. You choose it for a reason to make yeah. life better. Exactly. And I can, I mean, I can only imagine that feeling of I'm sorry I did this to you. And how can we shut that down? Like how, Mm -hmm. what is the best way for us to shut that voice down and say, no, like I am not doing this to them. This is happening and I'm going to help them through it. Right. Yeah. I think like so many things in, it's funny. I always go back to this thought that I, I used to have like where I would go spinning out of control and trying to like trying to figure out like, how do I stop doing this? How do I stop like going down this like rabbit hole of horror where I keep blaming myself for everything. And it always comes back to the first step is recognizing that you're doing it Yes, because so much of it is like, I just remember when that was the skill I was building, I would be like 10 miles down the hole before I was like, (laughs) Oh, here I am again. Exactly. <laughs> and so it just becomes practice of saying, okay, I'm 10 miles down the hole. I'm not going to feel crappy about the fact that I'm 10 miles down the hole and didn't catch myself. You know, you just catch yourself. Feel good and then that you, you caught yourself. Right. And yeah. then just, you practice catching yourself and then you practice stopping. Yeah. And, well, and I think just, also, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt oh, you. I'm sorry. I just get so excited about this stuff, <laughs> but it's not so much of, well, it is about stopping, but it's hard to stop a habit. Mm-hmm. So sometimes what it takes is starting a new one in its place. So mm-hmm. when you catch yourself, you can, instead of saying, okay, just stop it. <laughs> you can say, <laughs> like, cause I mean, that's what I would be doing, but then you can actually say, oh, I caught myself. And this is the thing that I say in its place, like have something to replace it with. So you're right, starting right? that new habit, right? Yes, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, and I would just distract myself from it. There you go. I'd be exactly. like, oh, there I'm doing this again. Like, but yeah, you, you can say something to counter it. Like, yeah. 
you know, this isn't helpful or, yes. you know, stuff like that. It like, it do- cause it doesn't help. It doesn't help. It doesn't make it easier for you. It doesn't make it easier for your kids. Yeah. And, and the reality of it is like kids really just need one present parent who is connected and like open yeah. to be okay. Yeah. And that was to know that was such a relief for me because all this negative stuff you see out there about like divorce ruins kids or, you know, your mm. kids aren't going to be okay. It's like, it actually really doesn't take a whole lot to make no. them feel safe. Well, I was going to say safety is actually that feeling of knowing you're safe, no right. matter which parent you're with or which person mm-hmm. is picking you up from school, if it's not a parent, mm-hmm. but you know, in that calendar mm-hmm. idea, that visual you know, capture of here's how I'm safe. Exactly. Yeah. You, you get it hundred percent. It's, it's a visual reminder that there is a safe container. Yes. This is all of the stuff that make, these are the boundaries that make me mm-hmm. feel safe. It's mm-hmm. not me floating around in the outside world, not knowing where I'm going to land. Like yeah. I know I am going to be okay. Like, mm-hmm. because I know this person is picking me up from school. Exactly. You know, it's, I know uh, where I'm sleeping tomorrow night. Exactly. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And then also having that parent that, you know, it's safe to ask questions, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it's not the parent going through it, or maybe right. it's the grandparent, or maybe it's the aunt or the, you know, the best friend or whoever that, you know, it's safe to ask them questions. Right. And you can go to them when you're not feeling emotionally safe, right? And I think that's the thing that a lot of cancer patients have difficulty with Mm. and probably people going through any kind of hard thing is accepting help from other people Yeah. because, you know, I, that was really a challenge for me in the beginning Mm. was just to be open because I had been a single parent for six years. I did everything. You did all the things. Yeah. Yes. And it was like a. And it was like, I can do this. Like, I don't want anybody to think that they, like, I felt guilty about accepting help. And so for me, it was a big lesson. Number one, in that people like to help and, and they love you and that, that brings them peace to be able to feel like they're doing something. So you're actually doing them a favor (laughs) by accepting help. And secondly, you're doing your kids a favor by accepting help because having those other adults in their lives that are there, that are trustworthy, that are coming at, you know, specific times that the kids understand gives them that other person to talk to. I, my daughter is my little, my like little mini me. I would have expected she could have told me anything, but she didn't. She told Mm. my boyfriend, she told my mom. Cause she probably didn't want to make things harder for you. Yeah. And I was like, she's seven. I can't believe she already is like thinking. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. We, um, Mm -hmm. our son is on the spectrum and has ADHD and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of challenges that come day to day with some of that stuff. And I know in my heart of hearts that my daughter holds stuff back because she doesn't want to burden us further, Mm -hmm. you know, with some of the hard stuff we're we're managing day to day and not to say he's a burden. I'm not trying to say that, but she sees the hard stuff, right? She sees the hard stuff and she doesn't want to make things harder. And so I work really hard at telling her it's okay and encouraging Mm -hmm. her. And, you know, I, I think I'm the person that she tells most of the stuff to, but I know she's still holding back. 
right? Yeah. Now, were you, sorry, I'm going back a second. Were you sharing custody during your cancer experience at the time? So that was actually, we went through just like a terrible divorce. Like we, we, it was just brutal. And my getting diagnosed with cancer helped me to let go of a lot of caring about things that I think I'm not sure if I would have, like, there were just things that we, that would irk me. Like he would Mm -hmm. get so mad over things that I was just like, why do you even care? And then I would get mad that he cared. And it was just like this stupid thing. And when I got diagnosed, I was just like, I don't have time to think about this anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was such a gift in that way. Mm -hmm. And so he could go and get upset about whatever he was going to get upset about. And it really helped us heal because I stopped participating. Uh, Like whether it's like- You got out of the pattern. Energy or some way I was responding. Yeah, Yeah. it just put a stop to it. And at least on my end. And so he actually became very helpful. Um, I had never been thankful for being divorced before, but he allowed um, me to change the schedule according to my chemo infusions. Mm. And so they were every three weeks, but she usually was there every other week. Mm. And so we would switch things around so that when I was really, like, really, really really sick, um, she could go and hang out at his house and he was remarried and had a new baby. And so she got the experience of hanging out with her new little brother. And it was a real turning point for us in our co-parenting, Yeah, you know, and now we share meals together. Amazing. It's like, I was saying to him and his wife a couple of weeks ago, like, I kind of can't believe what a modern family we are right now. Like, (laughs) is anybody else like super proud of us? (laughs) Nice. Well, I mean, you get in these patterns, right? And one person reacts one way and then the other person is just trained to react the other way, right? And it's just, it happens. So by you, by this experience, sort of forcing a behavioral change on you and, you know, giving you a different perspective, it just sort of shut the pattern down. That's amazing. It really was. I'm so grateful. It's like, it was such a hard time. Cancer sucks in Uh so many ways. Um, but I, it, it changed me permanently Mm -hmm. in ways that like are really, I wouldn't take it back as much as like, it's never over. And there's all kinds of hard stuff that continues Mm -hmm. for me personally. Like, I'm so glad for the things that I've learned. It's been really helpful. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Oh, so what does mighty and bright do? If you could sort of encapsulate, I know we have the calendars, right? So what yeah. else does mighty and bright do to share? A- so, yeah. So really it's about starting the conversations and mm. then being able to continue them. So I, in addition to the first kid's book that I wrote, I have written six others. Amazing. And yeah, so they're, all of them are about different hard things. There's divorce, um, where it basically explains what a divorce is and, mm. you know, how you can use a calendar in order to understand what's going to happen each day. Um, there's cancer for if you have a sibling or a, any kind of loved one, a parent who has cancer, it's uh, what happens when someone I love has cancer. Mm-hmm. And then that also introduces the concept of like understanding how this is going to affect your day to day, understanding, you know, what your family member is going through. 
Um, and then there's one for kids who have cancer. Uh, and then there's one for this like crazy pandemic school year. Mm, yeah. <laughs> because like kids are like, I don't know what it's like where you are, but we are just now going back to a hybrid school year. Right. Um, uh, we've been doing distance learning the whole time. And, you know, my daughter's in fifth grade now and it's still just like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, So that's been really helpful for a lot of families too. So it's really about like starting the conversation with a book, like most families do, which Mm -hmm. then the kids can go back and reference over and over again, because that's how they learn. That's why they want to read things like a billion times is because they're processing it in different ways Mm -hmm. um, each time. And when it's said the same way each time, it it helps versus we're explaining it we might use different words and yeah. just having again. Oh, that common you know, vocabulary is huge. I yes. know that's been really big for all of our behavioral work with our son and all of that totally. is just all of his resource team. We all use the same exactly. language. Yeah, exactly. And so it just really introduces a topic and then you use that, that calendar that comes with it as a continuation of the conversation, because mm-hmm. in addition to like reminding them, that they're safe. It also is a reminder that they can talk to you. Yeah. It's like you put the book back and it's like, okay, like they might not see it. They might not remember. They might be holding things Mm -hmm. in, but having that calendar and especially working on it together. Like if you have a, you know, rhythm every Sunday night, you plan the week ahead. It's like that right there is space to talk about whatever Mm -hmm. you're going through. Mm -hmm. It's space for them to have the emotions and like a place where they know it's coming to mm-hmm. be able to talk about it mm-hmm. and for you to be able to say like how you doing like yeah. it's okay if you're not doing okay I want to remind you you know even if they're rolling their eyes depending on their age <laughs> right you know, I want to remind you you can talk to me about anything I'm yeah. not going to get upset um yeah, it's really been, uh, it's really been awesome to see how well received it's been and yeah. how, I mean, I get contacted by hospitals who are like, we've been using your books for like a year and a half and <gasps> they are awesome. That's huge. You know, and I'm like, this is what I am meant to do. Yeah. And it, because it's like, it's easy for parents too. Like, I am never going to be one of these people who's like, you have to do all of these things. Like, right, right. To make it okay. It's like, no, the idea is like everybody needs things to be easier. Everybody yeah. does because it's too hard. Yeah. Like everything you're dealing with anyway. Yeah. We don't need to add complication on top of it. I don't need to give you a, you know, complicated 400 page book with like that's like dry as anything and tell you you have to follow my parenting plan or oh you're a failure. Right. <laughs> like, right. It's, it's all about making it easier. Amazing. Oh, I'm, thank you for everything you do for these families that are going through such challenging times. I just, you are giving them an answer and a way forward. Yeah. Right. It, when you couldn't find one yourself, you created it. And that is where so much of the genius in this world comes from. So thank you for doing that. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like this is what I was put here to do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I have some questions that I ask 
all my guests. (laughs) So how do you, yeah. Okay. Here we go. So how do you define balance or do you, cause a lot of guests are like, nope. And then they give me some other language that is kind of like balance, but, um, how do you define balance for yourself and for your family? What does that look like? It's yeah. I actually have a tattoo on my hand that reminds me of balance back when I needed that reminder a lot and it's the balance of mind body and spirit Mm. and for me that means every day I need to be doing stuff that fits in there and does those three things and for me my business is my mind it is engaging me it's helping me to you know I have a purpose moving forward. Mm -hmm. My spiritual stuff is I have my closet. (laughs) (laughs) My closet has my special place. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Where I go because I have to be quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't do like a traditional meditation because Mm -hmm. I didn't find that worked for me. Again, Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm all about making things easy. And that was not easy. Too much work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 But going in there and sitting and really like feeling my body on the ground, um, breathing into visualizing light and all kinds of stuff. Like I piecemealed things together that made me feel, you know, good. And then for me, body is eating eating well, drinking water and taking the dog for a walk. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Okay. So that, that kind of rolls into the next question, but you tell me if there's anything extra. So the the question is, do you make time for self-care? So clearly you do, but Mm -hmm. other than those amazing activities you just described, are there any other elements of self-care that you practice in a day? Yeah, absolutely. I'm really like self-care is such a thing that everybody talks about now and they act like it's, it's like bubble baths and sometimes it is sometimes it is, (laughs) but first off it's, it's a life you don't have to escape from. Yes. That is what I say about mom camp. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's about like really getting the skills to lay good boundaries to say to your partner, like y'all are leaving your dishes all over the place. And <laughs> I this had that is conversation this morning. <laughs> only. Yes. And sometimes it's about laying the boundaries over yeah. and over again. Yeah. But it's about it's about saying, like, I this is not all my weight to carry. Yeah. Other people have their responsibilities and need to step up. Mm-hmm. And it's also for me having boundaries with myself yes. because I love what I do and I would do it all day and all mm-hmm. night. And the truth is cancer is a disability and I have times where I hit a wall and Mm. I have learned not to work through that wall. It's about taking a break, watching Netflix, you know, I take Epsom salt baths. Mm -hmm. I do all of the things that my body or mind or spirit needs me to do. And I refuse to feel guilty about it. Perfect. Oh my God. I I just want to capture that. I might have to put that (laughs) recording piece in, in the post because that, I mean, at its root, self-care is taking care of self, but you also have to be very aware of what you need in that moment Mm -hmm. and be willing to stand up for it and protect it and put those boundaries in place and say, this is what I need right now. And it's okay because I'm taking care of me. Right. Oh yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. 
I think part of the problem is the fear that comes along with standing up for yourself Mm. because so much of the time we're afraid like, well, what if I lay down this boundary and no one respects it? And what if I lay down this boundary and not only does no one respect it, but now I'm being rejected. They're mad at me because I laid down this boundary. Yeah. And for me, that was like, I'm with the wrong person. Yeah. Which is a scary thing to have to, to have to face. And so I think I spent so much time sacrificing myself because I didn't want to face that. Mm -hmm. And I was willing to put up with it when it was just me. But when right. it was my daughter too, then I was like, okay, like, I don't want her growing up thinking that this is normal. This right. is not, or maybe n- normal is not the right word, that this is healthy. That this okay. is how yeah. relationships should look. Now yeah. she sees my partner and I being like, you know, squabbling over the dishes. And then he steps it up because yeah. that is his job Yeah, because he lives here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Totally. And you want your kids to learn that it's okay to have those boundaries and protect yourself and say what you need. Right. And not hide that stuff. I mean, for me, I, I, it is challenging as a parent. Like I live by this mantra, right? Like I absolutely say we have to do this. And then when my kids start asserting their own boundaries, I'm like, wait a second, but then you have, like, you have to respect it. Right. (laughs) I don't care what you need, (laughs) (laughs) but you have to respect it because you are teaching them that behavior and saying, this is what I need right now. Right. And for our son, it's really important for him to be able to say what he needs and we're not always awesome at like hearing that he's doing exactly what we're teaching him to do and you you know know what what though it's I like to say it's not about perfection it's like it's about the repair so it's like so much of the time like our guilt is around not doing it perfectly But in reality, it's like, okay, so my daughter comes to me and she says something and I don't react the way I should. It's about modeling for her that we're not perfect because how can we, how, if we refuse to admit our own errors, how can Mm -hmm. we expect them to admit theirs? Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I apologize to my daughter when I mess up and the repair does more often than you know, it would have had I done it right the first time. Yep, Cause 100%. she's like, she's like, Oh, like mommy's not perfect. And she doesn't, she's not like laying there crying all night. Right. Because she messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe it's okay if I did my mess up too. Totally. Oh, it's like your so first good. reaction. Isn't your final reaction. <laughs> I feel like this is a whole other episode. We could just go <laughs> off. <laughs> this is amazing. I love it. I love it. All right. So how, what is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom? Oh my God. <laughs> I know it's the biggest question. I that is to the end. Yeah. Holy macaroni. That's such a big one. Um, I think just showing up and mm-hmm. doing my best and apologizing when I don't. And just my kid is like the best thing that ever happened to me and she's also like the challenge of raising her is the hardest thing because when you care that much it's just Mm -hmm. 
it is so hard. You're just like, I love you so much. I want you to be like inside of my body. I want to squish you inside yes. of me. Yeah. And also like, I just want to sleep. Like she didn't sleep for like four years. It's so <laughs> <hard>. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just, it's such a strange thing. It yeah. goes by so slowly. It goes by so quickly. Yeah. It's, so, it's so wonderful. It's so hard. Like it's so much. But it, just show up. Yeah. yeah show up and do do your best and when you mess up own it your, yeah own it yeah I love that I love that oh I feel like I could talk to you forever but respectful of your time <laughs> <laughs> so how can our listeners connect with you follow you find you buy the books all the stuff well you can find me at mightyandbright.com and I'm on Instagram mainly at okay. Mighty and Bright Co. And um, I would I love DMs. I love emails. I love all the things. I just love connecting with people. So, so good. So good. Well, thank you. I mean, I've said thank you throughout this entire episode and I admire you so much for everything you've put into the world. And I do believe this is why you have been put on this earth. It's incredible <laughs> what you're doing. It's such a service to families that need it so, so much. And thank you for being here and sharing it with us. Thank you for having me. All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.